Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, sometimes you do things um, and you wonder, why did I just either say that or do that? Uh, Somebody came up to me this morning and and reminded me of the story that I had about learning how to braid because I was braiding my horse's hair. And I was like, why did I use that analogy? I was like, that's so girly. I mean, to, that a man would know how to braid hair. And, um, but anyways, um, I, by the way, just in case you're wondering, I have been happily married for 23 years. Um, I am a man's man, just in case you know. But I do have, you know, some skills that, well, I should probably just stop right there because <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. I know. <laughs> well... Do you realize that why we exist as a church? Let let me tell you why we exist as a church. One is that for some reason Jesus felt that his answer to a broken world was the church. His answer for a hurting, dying, and broken world was the church. And so we come together And we can worship him, and thank you so much, worship team, for bringing us into his presence this morning. Amazing. But then our job is really just to serve you, to help you to understand what the Word of God says, to encourage you and equip you so you can live a successful life. See, Jesus has put plans and purposes inside each one of you, and and. He has good things in store for you. And as we navigate life together, and this is why we put such a strong emphasis on life group, is because it's so important that we be, are in each other's lives. We are better together. And uh, we just want to serve you. And the best way that we know how to serve you is to point you to Jesus and help you understand the Word of God. So if you'd open your Bibles this morning to... Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5. And as you're looking at that, I I want to ask you a question. So look at Romans chapter 5. By the way, um, we do have free Bibles at the Info Hub. If you do not have a Bible, we want every person to come to church with a Bible. I know it is easy to look up on your phones, uh, but it's a little bit harder to, to take notes and underline in your Bibles. I know they have a application you can underline on your phone too, but it's really great to actually have a physical Bible, but whatever works for you, as long as you're in the Word of God. So if you're to look back in your life, would you, would you have good thoughts and good feelings about all the decisions you've made in your life, or are there some things that have regret there, or are there things that you're just not so proud of, decisions that you've made. Think about your life uh, before you found Jesus. What was your life like? What was the peace that you had in your life? Then think about that moment that Jesus found you. What did he rescue you from? And does it start to instill in you a heart of gratitude? Because this is what you once were, 
And this is how Jesus found you. And by the way, can, can I have a show of hands? Was anybody perfect by the time that Jesus found you? <laughs> you were a liar. <laughs> no, we were all kind of a mess, right? And Jesus pursued us and he found us and he brought life to us. He rescued us. We are um, starting our Saved series. Heaven starts now. It's not just about being saved. It's about living saved. And last week, we told you about these books that were going to be uh, printed this past week, which the full order came in. But we said, you know what? We wanted to be a blessing to you, and, but we needed some donors to step up to the plate and come up with $2,000 so that everyone who's in life group, and if we have extras, we want to make sure we have those too, but everyone who's in life group has a chance to get one of these books at no cost. Well, it wasn't more than an hour after service last week that the full amount was raised. And four generous donors came to the table and says, we want to make sure that this was not going to be a cost to anyone. So thank you so much for those who are living out our value of generosity becomes us. Now, as somebody gives you something for free uh, and somebody's generous with you, continue that on. Be generous with somebody else. Well, we are starting session one, living a rescued life. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, you're going to be in your life groups this week. You're going to be watching uh, a DVD or a streaming service. You're going to have a chance to do some worship with our worship guys. And you're going to dig in further to this topic. But just in case you're thinking, well, it's just, just going to be a repeat. What I'm going to share with you this morning is different than what you're going to be get, getting in life group. Same topic, but the message is going to be different. All right, so if we have your Bibles, Romans chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 6 through 11. You know what? Can we stand as we read this together? You don't have to repeat after me when I say read this together, meaning just follow along. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Everybody stay standing for a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what Jesus has done for us by going to the cross, that while we were yet sinners, in the midst of the mess of our life, Jesus comes and finds us and rescues us, and we want to say thank you for that. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, is that good news? That is good news. Now, if you are a guest with us today and maybe you're saying, hey, you know what? I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I don't even really know what that fully means. I'm going to give you an opportunity to to receive Christ at the end of the service. And uh, there's a prayer in the back of this book that uh, we have for you. And I'm just going to recite that. And it just walks us through scripturally what that means to receive Christ. So the best way to understand this idea that he's rescued us, that he's saved us, while we're yet sinners, that story really gets best played out by going into Genesis and talk about the account of Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, if you're not familiar, was a city, um, an ancient city that became pretty... Um, pretty lawless. It abounded with all kinds of just disgusting things. But if you want to follow that story, that is actually in Genesis chapter 18 and 19. And I want to just kind of recount some, some things of this story. So, so Abraham and Lot, Abraham, Lot is Abraham's nephew, and uh, there comes a time where, where their herds got too numerous and they needed to create some distance and space between themselves. And Abraham and Lot decided that, well, Lot decided, hey, I'm going to take this valley over here. It's, it's beautiful. It's lush. And it's interesting how he pursues the things that look so pleasant to the eye initially. And he goes over, but the interesting thing about where he settles is near the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And when we find where Lot is in this story, we find that actually Lot ends up living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Interestingly enough, though, about that, how much so do we pursue things in life that look somewhat good, and we pursue it only to find that it's a trap that lures us into something that is not God's best for us. Well, so here's Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. God sees what's going on in that city. And in the midst of that, he sends two angels. He sends angels first to to Abraham to tell Sarah that she's going to have a baby in her late age, in her 90s. And... um, But then these two angels go into the city to try to find Lot to actually rescue him. Now, Abraham, the interesting thing of this story, Abraham is like almost interceding on behalf of the city and says, now, if there was just 50 righteous people, would you save the city? And they said, yes, if there's 50, we'd save the city. Well, if there was just 45, would you... No, there's not 45. No, there's not. No, there's not. There's not. None are righteous. And the angels go in and and they chase down and they find out where Lot is living in this city. Now, before you think that Lot was a righteous man, and that's why he was the only one that got saved, can I tell you when the, this is how messed up the city was. These two angels had come in. They looked like men because they entered the city. And then all of a sudden, the people of the city started knocking on Lot's door and says, let us have 
our way with these two guests of yours. And you can read between the lines on that one. By the way, if I'm going to get you to read the Bible this week because if you want to read a passage that is a little bit R, R, maybe X-rated, um, this story is a little bit that. See, you guys are like pretending like he was like, yeah, I'm not really that interested. Yeah. I know you guys. You're like, some of you guys would be like, man, that's in the Bible? Really? Well, God puts all kinds of things in the Bible. But he goes to show why he puts it in the Bible is because he, he showed the, when we're, we live a life separate from God, it just goes bad fast. It goes bad fast. Well, so Lot's not so righteous because Lot, what is he thinking? He says, well, I've got two daughters that have never been with a man. You can have my daughters, but don't touch my guests. And um, thankfully, God spares them. He, he blinds all the people that are at Lot's door. And so they can't get in. They're, they're groping at the door, trying to find a way in. But they, and the angel says, you, you better get out of this city because God's going to destroy it. God's going to destroy it. Two things to understand here, first of all, is that God pursues us. And he will go to all kinds of lengths to find us. Even in the midst of our wrongdoing, even in the midst of our sin. And he will make a way for us. He will make a way for us. The interesting thing, though, I wonder if, if you try to think of who am I in this story, and you begin to kind of play out, well, well maybe right now I'm not in the middle of a bunch of sin in, in, a, in, a, in a place where I need Jesus to rescue me, but maybe you need to be the Abraham who intercedes. See, Abraham started praying. He started interceding on behalf of not only Lot, but of a city. I wonder if the stage that we're at as a church is we need to begin to start interceding for our cities, for our schools, and start praying and asking God, God, would you just rescue that one? Would you rescue that entire school? Would you rescue this entire neighborhood? Is that maybe where you're at in this story? Or maybe you need to be the angel that needs to go out and say, you know what, I'm going into the midst of the the dark, miry places and I'm going to drag somebody out. I'm going to drag them out. And I'm going to convince them to say, you know what, I know you've been living in this place for a long time and you might not see the, the darkness around you, but can I show you the light, the light of Jesus? And you drag them out. Well, the angels, they do. They say, quickly, you've got to get out of this. Grab your family. And so they grab, Lot takes his family, and Lot and his wife and his two daughters. And they start running out of the city. The interesting thing, the angels say, don't look back. Don't look back. And if you know this story, we know that Lot's wife looks back. And in her looking back, she turns into a a pillar of salt of stone. And the interesting thing, though, is, is when we start getting free from the things, the bondages that God has set us free from, and we start running and pursuing Jesus, don't look back. 
because it paralyzes us. It paralyzes us to the things that God has for us. So maybe you're in this story where all of a sudden you've been free and you've been running this race towards Jesus and you feel tempted to look back. You feel tempted to look back at your past life and somehow it's enticing you. It's like, what's back there? But it will paralyze you. It will make you ineffective. It will stop you in your tracks. Where are you in this journey? Where are you in this story? Because Jesus is all about pursuing us because he wants to rescue us. But sometimes he will use people like you and me to do the rescuing. Maybe you're going to be the angel. Maybe God's calling you to intercede like an Abraham. You see, we've been found, those of us who found Jesus... And we celebrate, and we're like, oh, my word, in the midst of my junk, he rescues us and he finds us. But then we get connected to a community of believers, and we start growing, and we start seeing this life filled with joy and hope, and we forget there's a world out there that maybe is not as like a Sodom and Gomorrah, or maybe it is but it needs to be rescued. Jesus is desperate to find those in the midst of their miry clay, in the midst of their, they're stuck in the the miry mess of life. He wants to find them. And nine times out of 10, he uses people like you and me who are gonna pursue them to allow them to be found. You see, we can't allow our past mistakes to define you or define us. And we can't make our present mistakes to bind you. Because the reality is you have a bright future, but you wonder why the bright future eludes you. But I wonder if it's because you've stopped pursuing Jesus. Church, I am walking through life the same as you're walking through life. My occupation doesn't make me any holier, does not make me any more righteous. I am a guy who's trying to pursue Jesus like you are. I might have a little different focus in my work, but I want to say that I struggle Sometimes, in looking back, I struggle sometimes in letting my current realities to start paralyzing me. I, I sometimes can get stuck in the bright future that Jesus has for me because I get distracted by all the, the things around me. There's a scripture that says, Well, let me read you that scripture. In Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, you can turn there with me. Luke chapter 9, it says this. Verse 62. 
Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does he mean by that? Well, you do know that um, I grew up on a farm, so I used to plow some fields with a tractor, and my dad would say, hey, put a stick in the fence way out the direction you want to go, and all you need to do is just keep looking at that stick. Look at that stick or that fence post. Don't ever turn back and look at the plow. This is why, Dad, he goes, the moment you turn around is the moment you start <laughs> not, no longer going straight. You see, the kingdom of God is, is to be lived here now. Sometimes we, we've talked about this often. We think the kingdom of God is like heaven, like it's eternity. But we're saying if heaven starts now, that means we're living in eternity now. The kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is now. And so he's saying that we cannot live the life that he's intending us to live now if we turn around and look at our past mistakes and our past life and we get distracted by the world around us. He's saying, would you put your hands to the plow? The purposes, the plow is the thing that turns the fallow field over to get ready for a harvest. Your life is to be a harvest. Your life is to produce fruit. Your life is to be bountiful. And he's saying, I want to plant things inside of you, and I want to take this foul ground, and I want it to be turned over, and so you can live this full life that Bill Pelletier was talking about. I thank you so much for that, Bill, and that ministry, and I know there's people here in this room who are set free because of that ministry, so thank you. But he wants us to keep pursuing Jesus. And I, I guess that's our encouragement for you today. W- would you continue to be in life group? Would you continue to be in the word of God? Would you continue to pursue the things that Jesus has for you? Because the world has a way of luring us to itself. And the moment we start giving ourselves to it is the moments that we start getting distracted and we start looking back and then it takes away our effectiveness and it's not only just being effective it takes it robs our joy it robs our peace think back to the story of abraham and lot where do you fit in that story are you the one that needs to be rescued are you the one that needs to be praying for somebody are you the one that has been looking back an awful lot and God just saying, all right, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be. My next question is, are, are you allowing Jesus to rescue you? You see, I think sometimes we, we get caught in the things of the world and, and then we kind of think we're, well, let me tell you this, sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible tells us that. It's pleasurable for a season, but I will guarantee it will rob you and steal from you and hurt you. It does every time. It's the nature of it. And so what, what I would encourage you is if you're in a place where you might be a little wayward right now, would you allow Jesus to rescue you? Because his pursuit is endless. 
He loves you so much. That's why I love starting with that scripture. That while we were still sinners, God's love was so great. His chase for us, his pursuit for us was so great that he sent Jesus to go to a cross, to die for us. Church, I I was up early this morning just praying for this service and praying for you and praying for me. And it's like, I just say, God, the words that I share, I need them to be your words, not just good words from Mark, but these are your words. This is your heartbeat. And I felt this morning the Lord was really saying that he wanted you to understand not only his desperate love for you, but he wants you to understand the world that's around us. You see, we, we're pretty good at being fake. And I'm not saying you, because I, I think we're in the family. We, we get the understanding of when you're in a family, you're in a life group, you get real with each other. But, but when you realize people's lives apart from Jesus, it's a very painful life. It's a very dark life. Don't let them fool you when you go to work and everybody seems like everything's all rosy. And I guarantee you, a life without Jesus is hopeless. And Jesus began to to peel back a picture of these dead men and women walking. And, And he was asking us, would we be the church that pursues people like Jesus pursued us? Would we be the church that begins to intercede and pray for our neighbors and our family members who don't know Jesus? Would we be a church that would become like those angels that will go into those dark places and you better be covered with the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit when you go in those places so you don't get distracted, you don't get pulled in, but you will go in and rescue those who are desperate for hope. Jesus is calling us as a church to see the world around us and that we cannot be satisfied just being saved ourselves, just being rescued ourselves, that we need to go after those who do not know Jesus. You don't have to be obnoxious by it. You just need to love people. When you deeply love people, that is irresistible because the world doesn't know how to do that. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ who is in us, does know how to love. So my other question for us this morning is, are we looking forward? Are we fixing our eyes on our rescuer? You know, in Colossians 3, it tells us to set our eyes on the things that are above, not on the things that are below. And really what he's saying is, are, are we keeping our eyes gazed heavenward towards Jesus? You see, we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us as we ask Christ to, to fill us. When we come to Christ, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit that's in us. 
And then at a moment in time where we say, well, you know what? This deposit's not enough. I need to be infilled with the Holy Spirit. That's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to be infused, and so our boldness can go up. We're no longer shy about our relationship with Jesus. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to ask the Lord this. Before your feet hit the ground or as they hit the ground, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Let me see what you see. Let my eyes be opened up to the people around me who don't know you. And let my light shine, your light shine through me. As we go through this series together, I don't mind if you've been a Christian for 20 years, 50 years, 60 years. Maybe this is your first year of following Jesus. Maybe you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet. I want to encourage you fully engage in this material. If you're not in a life group, and I understand there's some people, your life circumstances is such that you, you can't be uh, in a life group right now. This material can be done on your own. You don't have to be in a group to do it. The other question I, people are going to say, hey, there's a, there's a separate website to go through um, to get this material, uh, livingsozo.org. We really felt like, as we put a lot of time and effort, this is a collective project, by the way. There's Our worship team is a part of that. Um, there were um, some of our staff that wrote the devotions. There was a lot of editing done by our volunteers at the church. There was just a lot of work from a lot of you that went into this project. But we wanted it to go beyond here. We wanted to have a resource that would have a life beyond a five-week series. And so we created this website, Living Sozo, that other churches and other people can grab a hold of this. So forward this on to your friends. If you feel like there's an opening for you, and, and share it with them and say, and, and the book can be downloaded on the site. All the videos that we have for you are also on that site. Um, but we want you to engage with this. Inside here, there's a daily devotional. There's five devotionals for each week. If you've been journaling with us for the years, I have a stack of journals probably this high. Uh, we've been journaling through uh, God's Word using the SOAP method for, for a long time. But I would, if you're okay pausing that journaling reading or maybe add it to you when you go through your devotions together. I truly believe that as we journey together as a church, um, God is going to do something so significant. There's so much power in unity, and, and you can still use your soap method to journal through this together. But definitely do that. So no, if you don't get a physical book, the whole book is free for you to download online as well. There's videos on the website as well that you can engage with, but those videos are going to be used in your life groups. I believe we're at a season as a church. As God allows us to come alive to Him, and we understand how much Jesus not only loves us, but He loves this world, that he's asked us to be those instruments 
to share Jesus with others. The new stories that are going to be written, the new lives that are going to be lived, the marriages that are going to be restored, a life of hope that is going to be regained. Darkness will be overcome. Freedom will be found. Lives will be forever changed. Family legacies will be rewritten. <coughs> because you, who understands what it means to not only be saved, but to live saved, are going to have a renewed encounter with Jesus. That you're going to have this passion to share this with Jesus. Share this with others. As you walk step in step with the Holy Spirit. If you are here this morning and you would say, I have never given my life to Jesus. This is the prayer that's at the end of the book. Listen to this if this is you. And you can just say these words under your breath. Dear God, I want to be a part of your family. You said in your word that if I acknowledge that you raised Jesus from the dead and that I accept him as my Lord and Savior, I would be saved. So God, I now say that I believe you raised Jesus from the dead and that he is alive and well. I accept him now as my personal Lord and Savior. I accept my salvation from sin right now. I am now saved. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If that was you, and you pray that for the first time, or maybe it's a renewed prayer for you because you've been not living a life following Jesus, would you just stand to your feet right now? Thank you. Who else is going to stand to say, this is my declaration. I am going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm going to have us all stand here in a moment. But anybody else? I want to just give you that opportunity to say, if that was a legitimate prayer for you, to say, I want to allow my rescuer to find me, and I want to serve Jesus. Anybody else? Other than that, those of you, if you're going to commit to say, I am willing to be used by Jesus to share him with somebody else, would you stand here?
Father, this morning, that is our prayer. That is our commitment and covenant with you. Jesus, as you have been our rescuer, that while we were yet sinners, God, you sent your son to die for us. For those who stood, Lord, I just want to applaud. Can we just applaud those who stood right now? Thank you, Jesus, for saving them, Father, for saving them, Jesus. Lord, it is a new day. It is a new day. But Jesus, each one of us are a part of this story of restoration, of being rescued. Father, if we need to intercede, let us be intercessors for those who don't know Jesus. Father, if we need to be like those angels of that story, going into the dark places to see those rescued, pulling them out to see them walk in freedom. God, I just thank you for those who had the boldness and the courage to stand. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 